Is this how many beers you have? I could have a little beer. I have these two beers and then we have champagne. Champagne. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what was that one thing on Overheard in New York? It was like, she's living a champagne lifestyle on a tap water budget. I'm like, <laughs> I feel seen. <laughs> Same. You cannot play God, then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes. And you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. Welcome back to another week of Beers, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica, where we, your co-host Kaylee and Lisa, take you through the sci-fi original series, Battlestar Galactica, episode by episode. And we drink beer, and we sit in rooms while the air conditioning cool slowly vanishes away. Yes. Which is what's happening we today. We suffer for our art. It's you to be a true artist, you must suffer. It's real. I feel like we fracked around too much over the winter. We were all la di da, we'll record whenever we feel like it. And now we're like in the dead of summer and we're like, we have to record every week. Yeah, that's true. We did. We do really that. fracked ourselves. We did. I don't know if y'all have, I mean, we talk about a lot, experience summer in Brooklyn slash New York generally. It's hell. It's hot garbage Literally hell. Literally hell. That's why they call it Hell's Kitchen, mm. which is a which is not an area where we live in but Manhattan. Yes, but I'm sure that like someone was there and they were like, "This is." It's really. Hell's I don't think kitchen. about how funny Hell's Kitchen is often enough. That's a really funny name that we've all just kind of like. It's so normal now that we don't talk about it. But it's like, what's hotter than Hell? The kitchen inside Hell. Exactly. Hilarious. It's like how well Melbourne. Do you know Melbourne was originally supposed to be called Batmania? Batmania? I'm not even joking. Because everyone there was really fond of bats? No, the guy who, one of the people who I think discovered it was called someone Batman. But then it's like, na 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 I'm sorry. Batman. And so it was almost Batmania and we have like a Batmania like road and stuff. Wow. Isn't that cool? Isn't it sad that it's called Melbourne instead? Isn't Batmania just like, it's my Batmania. That's what it is for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if we've mentioned it, if Melia and I have mentioned it on the pod before. Maybe not. I don't remember this tidbit at all. Interesting. I think well, it's great. No, mm-hmm. It's great. It's amazing. I should just start saying that when people inevitably ask me where in Australia I'm from. Oh, Batmania. I should just say, oh, Batmania. But if you said that uh, as an American who's never been to Australia, I wouldn't blink. I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds like Tasmania, I guess. Yeah, exactly. That's what's the most fun about it because yeah. no one's going to really say much. Uh, I could just actually, that's the funnest thing. So I find it quite annoying that people consistently need to talk to me about where I'm from. I think more I found it annoying in the hospitality industry. They do. People like to do that, especially if they hear you have an accent. Exactly. And it's just like the same conversation every day, all day. And it does, be- like, it just, just grates on you a little bit. Uh, but I was talking to my friend who's recently moved here from Australia, but is from Belgium and lived in the U S and so her accent's quite American. And, um, she's like, no one ever asks me where I'm from anymore. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I have a friend from Ireland who's been here for years who says people don't ask her anymore. Like, I think she has a a very noticeable accent, but I guess other people do not. I've even found that even being here for a year, I think it actually, it's a little bit less now. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe the first few sentences, it's not as noticeable as it was. Very interesting. 
I always wonder if I went and lived in another country if that would happen. Because I feel like I'd pick up accents pretty easily. It would, probably. But There's stuff that you say that I say now. Words? Words. You say like, hey, in a way that I don't like. The way that I can, like, the way that Canadians say a, I feel like you say hey. And it's not an American thing. It's like, uh, hey, we should start recording, hey. Like, do I do that? You do. You say hey at the end of sentences. Do I? Oh, yeah. All the time. Interesting. But I like it when I do it now. Learning, Instead learning, of like, learning. oh, should we rec- like we should record, eh? You say like we should record, oh, hey? we should record, hey. Yeah, yeah, okay. I do that That's sometimes. not an American thing and I like it. Okay. And now I do it. The South Australian thing is we say heaps in front of everything. Oh, I say heaps more now too. Yeah. I like heaps but also. But that's not Australian. That's South Australian. Interesting. Specifically and South Australian? It is. Yeah. It's like oh. it's... It's the unofficial catchphrase. It's It's way more fun than like lots, like lots Mm. of stuff. That's boring. Heaps of stuff. (laughs) Way more fun. Very South Australian. You're having an influence. Yes. Oh, Oh, you always do though. You always do. I do your mm mm-hmm's now. Really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was actually perfect and I didn't do that on purpose. That's not like I know that I do that, but it doesn't feel like a, a... tick or something it just feels like i don't know normal exactly exactly we're all rambling and we do not have time to ramble this is a fully packed two episodes boy isn't it though i have between the two three pages of notes wow for three for two episodes i don't even want to count how many pages of notes i I have imagine they are typed we should talk about our beers you should talk about them because you i should talk about our beers um Listen, we got to get through 99% of these two episodes before these beers are relevant, which is really depressing. Okay. But I got a, uh, by Fifth Hammer Brewing Company, Sonic Architecture for Gato, who wanted to be an architect. Aww. Aww. It's an IPA. Uh, it's It was very like light and a bit fruity and I enjoyed it. And we've already gone through that one. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And then, uh, you know what you do with a failed architect who started a space rebellion and failed? You invite them to step into space. Oh, actually, they died by firing squad. So, but I'm sure they stepped into space right after that. Yeah. They're not going to keep those bodies. This is my homage to airlocking. Yeah. Um, This is also an IPA. It is by Alvarado Street Brewery, which is. From Oceanside, New York. We had that brewery last week. Uh, did we? Yeah, Barrier Brewing Co. Oh, I remember see, the this is oh yeah, brewed and canned by Barrier Brewing Co. Uh, yeah. See, I never understand. This is brewed with our friends, Alvarado Street Brewery. So I feel like there's weird things happen with breweries, and you end up with two names on the can. Uh, collaboration, maybe. Ma- ever heard of it? Ever heard of it? Uh, and then Fifth Hammer is Long Island City, and I think we've had them before, also. Very Look, local. we've been going for a while at this stage. We've yeah, but had a lot I'm impressed beers. that we keep finding just new beers in general. It's yeah. all down to that fancy beer store. Oh, lots they're of keeping fancy us in business. Stores. They are keeping us in. <laughs> Or we're a keeping them in business. Lucrative podcasting business. That's definitely how this works. <laughs> if we couldn't come up with original beer titles for every episode, we would fail. We would lose all of the money that we make. All of it. Would no, be a disaster. It's, it's definitely me helping keep the fancy beer store in business. I think that's how it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
So let's not frack around. Don't let's not. let me go on my Veronica Mars. Uh, Listen, you say that now. Leg tangent. You say that now. Okay, we'll see how we go. Hmm. Uh, so we are recording a double episode at this time because boy, is this a to be continued of all the to be continued. It certainly is. Though, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't fooled, but it you, is. You weren't? Okay. Remember, I said they're not. They're not. No, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, we are going to be covering seasons four, episodes 13 and 14. We are starting with episode 13, as you would, uh, The Oath, which was directed by John Dahl. This is his only episode of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I have facts. Is one of them about Kevin Smith? No. Because they were going to get Kevin Smith to direct this episode, which just feels really strange to me. Who is Kevin Smith? Kevin Smith did a lot of comedies in the 90s he did like all the stuff that's like jay and silent bob oh interesting. he's that guy this is a very serious episode it is which i found really it would just seemed like a really strange choice but he was not available so john Dahl is somebody who's directed some other stuff and they brought him in instead as a well, guest director he actually he worked with ron's uh, mrs ron a lot oh amazing uh, on a lot of indie films and so Ronald D. Moore really liked him through the work that he did with his wife. So they had never worked together before. Um, and he has a lot of nice things to say. It's funny. I think that Ron is now an experienced director. Oh, yes. And so he has a lot of directorial commentary, um, <laughs> like the size of Galactica and how this uh, this director made Galactica feel very large. I would agree with that. Uh, and really thought that that was excellent. Um, he's also drinking... Aaron whiskey hmm. and the smoking light is off uh, just so we know in case you haven't listened to Ronald D. Moore's podcast and you choose instead to listen to us talk about it that's why we're here listen <laughs> it's a little hard to find if you don't have the DVDs or you don't know exactly where to look online that's true uh this these are juicy details that you might not be able to find so easily even though I feel like the nerds who listen to us are probably pretty good at finding. They probably stuff on the know internet. more than we do, and I don't they know always why they do. And us. I, I love you guys for mm. tuning in for our ridiculous opinions. Yeah, that's really all that you don't know is what we're gonna say. Yeah, I don't even know what we're gonna say half the time. Me either. Look at this lack of preparedness. <laughs> Your notes are so neat, though. Mine are always so are messy. They? Yeah, I'm always like, oh, mine looks like chicken scratch. Like nobody could read it but me. Oh, I don't feel like I've got neat writing anymore. I it think does. I it looks to. all like very small and sharp and precise. Oh. Mm. Penmanship, hey. 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 Uh, so this was written by Mark Verheiden. It's different from the Canadian hey. No, I'm not saying like, but <laughs> you you put it in the same place in the sentence. It's, like, but it's like, I use it as a question. We should start recording, eh? Like, it's, a, it's always a question. Yeah. It's, it's a is a question. A is also a question, okay. I feel like. Anyway, sorry. Mark Verheiden. <laughs> Mark Verheiden has done uh, some really great episodes, and we always have to mention some of the absolute worst episodes. Yes. Such as Black Market. Yes. You can't live it down, Mark. Never. It ever. was really bad. It was really bad. But this one's great. But I feel like it wasn't all his fault. No, I don't think it's ever one writer's fault on a TV show. Not ever. Because they're working within very specific parameters and they're working with a team. But sorry, mate. That was yours. Oh, it's rough, man. Okay. Sorry. Sorry your name's on it. So the events in these two episodes cover approximately only nine hours. And fun fact, initially when it was like when it was put together 
they didn't have the little timestamps. And Ronald D. Moore it said it didn't feel very fast paced. And then he's like, we should just add timestamps. And then once they did that, it felt like all of a sudden very, very like oh, so much nice. going on. So yeah. it's funny how that very small detail can make a massive difference in like your perception of of time. I wondered if that was something that was like written into the script or something that was no, added later. It was added later. Nice. Fun facts. I like that fact. All right. Shall we beat by beat? Oh, yes, we shall. So we begin at... I don't even know how to say the military time. Oh, 0620? Oh, 0600 hours, 20 minutes? That's 620 a.m. It's 620 a.m. I know like what it is, but I feel like there you there's a specific way to say it in yeah. the military, and I don't know okay. exactly the phrasing. Anyway, we open in Adama's, Adama's quarters. Some delicious algae coffee has uh, been delivered. Yeah, that'd be it for me. The algae coffee that I, would be. I wouldn't drink coffee anymore. Oh, I thought you meant like that. Like that's it. I'm calling it. I'm done I'm with this life. Doing a tea. <laughs> it's too soon. It's still too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I just think that I would give up coffee. But I don't know. Maybe it's still small pleasures. Maybe the caffeine would be necessary in an apocalypse. Just like a hot drink, a hot weird. I imagine it looks green. I don't know. Because yeah. the baby food it's like matcha. that they're feeding Kara is... I like matcha. I don't. If the algae was like matcha, I would be super happy. No, I'm not matcha planet? I'm not, I'm not so a fun. fan of matcha. Um, I feel like they were really beefing up Cavill as the bad guy, and then that doesn't happen. Mm. <laughs> we didn't even hear about it. Well, first they need to tear each other apart. That's true. Okay. That's they really don't need dramatic. the Cylons to do it for them. That's true. They'll do it themselves. That's true. All of this has happened before. <laughs> So, we're having a little meeting with Colonel Ty. The ships are all still... It, like, everybody jumped back and they're all together again. But the ships are all still in a huff. Especially that Tilium ship. That is a nothing but trouble. Some ship. Mm-hmm. That Tilium well, ship. Well, they're also arguably, aside from Galactica, the most valuable ship. That's true. So, they have the most power. With great power comes great responsibility. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I think they feel like they're responsible for not letting Cylons into the fleet. Mm. Mm. Uh, Dama threatens to jail them if they don't comply. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> in the middle of this meeting between two old pals, who comes a strolling in wearing Bill's bathrobe. It's great. Pouring herself a hot cup of algae. Ty's face is just <laughs> so good. And both of them as well. They're just very kind of like... What are you going to say? You gonna, were you going to say something? You no? Gonna, no? Okay. We're just going to okay. smugly be domestic. Anyway. <laughs> Smug domesticity is seems like relationship goals. Smug domesticity indeed. <laughs> um, he's very respectful though, I think. He doesn't say anything. He's just like, okay. Anyway. Yep. Uh, this is, this, there's a lot of this going on in this episode where they're just like, we don't care anymore. We're out and proud. Yep. And then everyone's like, wow. Especially like in this moment, it's unnecessary. She could just wait 30 seconds before she comes to get a cup of she algae. She wanted him to see her. She sure did. <laughs> she wanted to show off. But yeah, he's like, okay, well, anyway, I just think that if the message you're trying to send is that the Cylons are great, maybe me being a Cylon shouldn't be the one to deliver that message. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's making great points and Adama agrees. Yeah. He's going to be out there in a minute. 
after he has a little banteroo with his lady love. Meanwhile, we have Gaeta right away busting Zarek out of prison mm-hmm. when a lot of folks are in on it. The guard is in on it. They got a whole little team, the people in the hallways. They're like, this shit is planned out. It certainly is. They make a really big thing about his leg being itchy throughout the whole episode. And this is where it starts. Yeah, I mean, it's been like this since the operation, but they really yes. focus on it in this episode. This was an idea that one of the writers had. I think they kind of added the itchy thing in. One of the writers had sort of said that they wanted his last line to be about his leg. Mm-hmm. And then Ronald D. Moore's like, no, I don't like it. It's stupid. And then again, over time, the other guy fought for it. And then Ronald D. Moore in the end was like, oh, it was a really good choice. Yeah. This is a theme within Battlestar Galactica uh, in the writer's room. But yes, yeah, so it was something that um, was done intentionally. But I love that that's always how the story ends. Is like, <laughs> Ronald D. Moore's like, you were right. You were right. <laughs> it's just, it, it's a testament to the collaboration mm. on this show. It's lovely. Zarek and Gaeta are like, Apollo is the wild card. And we don't know once he sees Zarek what he's going to do. I mean, Gaeta does make a good point. I think that, oh, does Zarek say it, that they're very good at like, pulling his strings yes. <laughs> it's like correct yeah. and so they will be uh-huh. uh, in just a few moments Rosalind is like okay so bell you need to do this and you need to get lee to do this and you get tied it and then she's like no uh, never mind i'm not getting involved <laughs> i'll just sit here in my bathrobe make you supper yeah it's really cute mm. um it's they just jumped right into this little like play marriage arrangement and yes. it's precious it's lovely also edward james almost absolutely has a piece of glitter on his face during this scene oh this is the scene where you were like is that yes. glitter no it is i watched it again he's I... like one little bit of glitter like above his top lip no i maintain that it's like a sparkly hair because like it's if it's silver it could look very glittery in this in the light it's glitter I don't know. I think EJO went to a Canadian strip club the night before. <laughs> oh, I just like a rave. <laughs> Get that mental image in your head. It's just that a rave. Don't discount the old man from enjoying a rave. I do not. I believe he would. We find out that Racetrack and Skulls are in on this plan, which is... Breaks my heart. Yeah. I was so sad when I saw them. I was like, no. Yeah, there's a lot of people who... Uh, I wish when involved. Correct. Yeah, who are showing their true and colors in this episode. To them? Huh. Racetrack makes like an excuse to clear the deck. She's like, there's a thing over here. It might explode. Everybody out. Um, and why is Gaeta's groupie there? Gaius is Gaius groupie. Is groupie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We couldn't figure out. Maybe just there are jobs that civilians do. To help i think it was so she, that she knew what was going on and could tell i think people. so but how does how does a civilian even make their way onto like the flight deck I or have whatever no it idea is? but it's weird it's very strange but she is mm-hmm. there and she does spy she does and this other guy uh i think his name is laird he was the chief that they brought on after pegasus Rip. he's very nice he, and he's very yeah. good at his job he is and, and he's, he's just wants everything to be like above board yeah. just you know i'm gonna call the cic and just like double check with everyone because i don't trust Eric, <laughs> which is fair totally fair 
But also, here we go. This guy hit over the head with a wranch, dead. Instant death. Later it started on, we will to see- make me wonder if, like, in this world, people ha- just have, like, smooshier skulls. But then you see later, Anders basically getting shot in the head, and they're like, he might live. Yeah. Like, he's. Skulls oh. get shot, too. But I think he gets shot, like, in the shoulder. In the shoulder. Yeah. Livable injury. Still, you're in Battlestar Galactica. You are way more likely to die from a single punch or blow to the head from some sort of implement than you ever are from a gun. It's like... It, there just seems like there must be some sort of space science involved in that. Like, bullets are not as effective in space, but uh, blunt, blunt objects are worse. Uh, it's like how... Um, Giles in Buffy always gets hit in like the first couple of seasons and then he's out. But he never dies from it. He gets hit so many times. He'd be dead so many times. He would be dead every episode. It'd be like Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, they killed Giles. You bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did like, I I feel like this was absolutely not intentional, but a callback to Callie's weapon of choice, the wrench. Mm. Mm -hmm. Or Uh, her teeth. Hmm? Or her teeth. Oh, right. That's our favorite. Oh, and then we're going to talk about teeth later in this episode. Uh, Probably in the next episode. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. Anyway, Zarek hits Laird over the head with a wrench. He dies. And Zarek is like, that's not going to be the last guy who dies. <laughs> it's like, he's warning you. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> um, and Skulls is not mad about it at all. He's like, that friggin' suck up. <laughs> Good riddance. So sad. We have the credits. We have 39,643 survivors in space. I never remember episode to episode. I don't have it like... I, like I, I think we remembered it, it was a little bit less than last time, if I recall. Okay. We should compare when this episode ends and the next one starts because I haven't even really done it yet. Uh, 7.04 a.m., we're having a little meeting in the CIC and Adam is bitching out about the quorum and how they're not going to accept the silent technology. And Ty has this great line about it would take a cavity search to find the backbone in that sorry bunch. Yeah. It's very Ty. It's very Ty line, but also rip. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a little sad. Hoshi is like, oh, hey, Felix, what's going on? So ex-lover friend, uh, there's like an unauthorized lunch. I don't know. Could you just stay on the phone with me for a while and talk about it? <laughs> so actually, Ronald D. Moore had a little chat in, I think, the next episode about Hoshi. Hmm. And he was saying that actually at this point, the webisodes had not been done. And so. Oh, and they were filming it. When this was made, the webisodes hadn't been done yet. So actually, Hoshi and Gaeta wasn't done yet. So they didn't know this was And yet, be a I have read so much into it. I know, exactly. And he was saying it does work, um, which is really cool. It totally does. And it made me really think about how when they were, they were talking about maybe it'll be Narcho, because Narcho is a mother fracker in this episode. Yeah. So that's really interesting. But he's on Gaeta's side. Yes. Where Hoshi is really like, like... He hasn't been roped into the the yeah. craziness. Well, um, Ronald D. Moore loves the relationship between Gator and Hoshi. He thinks it's great. Yeah, I wish he, he thought it was great enough to explore it more 
in regular episodes of television that aren't just released on the web and then made unavailable except in Japan. To give him credit, he didn't really make anything about the fact that it was a it was a gay relationship. He was just like, it was nice that Gaeta had someone. It was like nothing like he wasn't like, oh, I'm so glad we had whatever. I think that he just didn't think about Gaeta having a relationship that much. But then he was like, oh, but then when like they wrote it, it was it made so much sense. And I'm so happy it exists. There's just he does. To be fair, we discuss every episode. There are not really any gays in space. There are some there's some wonky stuff that happens with asylums that's enjoyable for everyone. But among the humans, the only representation we've seen so far is in the webisodes. Uh, that's not true. Because well, and Helena Kane. Yes. But also that was a special episode and not part of the regular series. Part of the regular series. Well, okay. It sort of is. I think it is. Right. I am not defending it. There need to be more gays. In there space. are no, yeah. There are Hashtag no like long-term characters. There are no long-term gay relationships. Except for the threesome. Uh, yes. Yes. Which seems just some silliness that's mostly about Gaius, but whatever. I don't know. I mean, we obviously have the whole Gator and Gaius relationship that you're just forgetting about. I'm sorry. What was I thinking? I know. It's very obvious. It becomes more obvious. Oh, man, I just so wanted Ronald E. Moore to say it on the podcast, but he didn't. But he said say a lot of things loud. about their relationship, but one that wasn't one of them. Yeah. But I think from this couple of episodes, we can agree that they were I think definitely we can, we can talk about it again at the end. We can. Yes. Uh, so we've just spent, I think, five minutes talking about the one line that Hoshi and Gaeta have between each other. Yes. <laughs> Which is the amount of time that we Seems should like spend. Typical us. Yep. Yes. Gaeta's like, must be a Dreadus ghost, because that's a thing that happens. Mm. And Ty's just going for it. He's like, yeah, oh yeah, equipment's really faulty, I guess. In being like fair to them, I think that they usually service like every however many months. And I think what they say in the dialogue is that it's been like how many years? I think it's been like four years now. Then they haven't had any service. So yeah. I think it's something that could happen. Yeah, no, I think Gaeta knows enough to know how to explain these things One away thing, for as long as he can. For sure. One thing Ronald D. Moore talked about was the fact that Gator is just like the perfect person to do this because no one expects that and he has such and a... And he is the smart... It's he like... He knows about everything. The, the two experts really who make these episodes like happen make the revolution happen and the man make the revolution stop are gata and tyrell mm. no i mean tyrell's d he does his own thing so they can't jump away but they're the two who know the ship the i feel like the best from different perspectives mm. oh and I like gata knows about all the technology yeah. everything that's ha that happens in the cic and tyrell knows everything about the mechanics of the ship mm. and it's interesting to watch them both through these episodes be sure. like put their expertise to use mm. Mm. anyway uh, we have a meeting with the, the quorum who are not long for this world. No, they uh, are not indeed. And of course, Apollo is like, well, Zarek's in jail, so I'm in charge. And everyone's like, yes, that makes sense. Of course. <laughs> He's like, order. We need order. I like order. Zarek got arrested for disorder. <laughs> and then Zarek's just like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm here. Uh, your pops let me out. Like, just yeah, sit down, totally little buddy. Fine. I got it from here. Yeah. Which, of course, Apollo listens to because he listens to everything. Zarek but also says. that. Yes. And we have this horrible scene where Sam is just playing a little pyramid by himself, just being a, a sad boy with a ball. 
He is. And then Celix, I just got no in my notes because Celix, we love you. What happened? And come on, are you not just a little bit gay? She's definitely bisexual. Celix would definitely be like queer. Starbuck and Anders threesome go to. Oh, yeah. Right? She would. That's a better story than what actually happens. Yes. Which is that she sort of does this thing where she's like, Fake starts kind of flirting with him and then she's like, oh, yeah, I thought something was going to happen between us. And then I thought maybe it was me. And now I'm thinking it was you, Cylon. So but like evil looks good on her. She looks really hot for I some mean, reason in the scenes. I think. But also the, her hair is at a length right now. That's really working for her. I don't yeah. know. Hmm. Also, just like there's a confidence that comes with evil that's really sexy uh, sexy even though what she does is just like unbelievably terrible it's awful she kind of walks herself around to talk to him so his back is facing the door and then a couple of guys uh sneak up and start they just there's so much kicking oh man they just kick him for a really long time yeah and she's just watching really unfazed and he's so nice sam buddy poor sam oh so we're at 8.09 in the morning. Jaffe comes up to do some stuff other than bring Adama coffee, which is the only thing I remember about Jaffe. <laughs> Jaffe brings me coffee. Uh, a fire is reported on C-Deck and Gata throws out there like, oh, somebody must intentionally have set this fire to cut Galactica's communications. So you have to evacuate C-Deck. Yeah. He's is, doing the he's most. He's doing pretty good. Is they're, they're telling a story that makes some semblance of sense. Mm. They set it up fairly well. Hot Dog has a little collection of like handmade toys for his That's son that cute. he didn't know about, which is really precious. And then he and Starbuck just engage in a little mutual slut shaming over breakfast. It's just the standard breakfast conversation. Sure. Mm. You fracked people. I fracked people. Let's make each other feel terrible about it. You ended up with a baby. Sucks to be you. <laughs> what did you end up with? <laughs> Fracking nothing. We don't know that. She could have some STIs. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, hot dog. He had some. He had a, his brush. <laughs> as we've discussed. Uh, Starbuck is very suspicious from the start of the chaos. Uh, they're evacuating C deck, and she runs into Narcho, uh, who's like, "Get! I'm in charge here, and you need to evacuate." And she's like, "Why are you? Yep. You're a pilot. Why are you in charge of this?" <laughs> she's so good in this episode. She's very smart, and, and also she's. Ju- I feel like since she came back, she's just been waiting for this moment. Yes, I think that's definitely something that RDM talks about on the podcast that he is just excited. It's like the first episode where Starbuck is Starbuck again. Yes, seriously. And he uses the expression kicking ass and taking names. Love it. Which I think is correct. She can take my name. <laughs> she can take. She can kick my ass. Oh, you would love that. That's your kink is just Starbuck kicking your ass. So taking your name. Some girl wants. <laughs> <sighs> uh, Narcho pushes her away and is like, what even are you? <laughs> Starbuck. She doesn't even go there. <laughs> Connor is leading a raid on this arms locker and Starbuck immediately finds them, of course, because she's Starbuck. 
and her first response is to go get all the guns she can get. And then she calls the CIC, which <laughs> yeah. is a choice I respect. Uh, it was also the correct one. Yes. And Gata just has this moment where he's like, oh, like, I'm sorry, we're going through a tunnel. I can't hear you. Bye. Can't hear you. Oh, there's something. With the line. Classic distraction technique. He's doing great. He is doing great. He is simultaneously in charge of like all the technology and communications. It's a person you just don't want to fuck with. Yeah. Mm. People are going to try. Ugh. Anyway. It's going to be a lot. You guys, we're having fun while we can. We are. Uh, Lee calls up again. <laughs> He's just like at the switchboard, like one of those girls in the 50s. Kato, just like, excuse me, how may I direct your call? <laughs> and, 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 and Apollo's like, I want to speak to my dad. <laughs> and Kato's like, He's too busy for you. You're not important enough to you. <laughs> he doesn't love you. And Apollo's like, but it's really important. I want to speak to my dad. Why did my daddy let my nemesis out of jail? <laughs> it's not fair. I want to be president. <laughs> Tell my dad I'm president again. Get it up on him. And he heads for Galactica. I guess to confront Pops in person. I don't yeah. think he su- suspects Gata. Starbuck is the literally the only one who's like everything's so wrong. Smart. Yep. She's so brilliant and so ready for a fight. She oh, is my heart. Uh, Gata is like, oh hey, the fire is getting <laughs> bigger, and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see because this is a podcast. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, but and the it took out the communication, so now we have no way of knowing what's really happening with the fire. And then Lee gets to Galactica and he's greeted with a punch to the gut. Yes. Yeah. Unnecessary. Connor has a really mean little dig about like, oh yeah, what, do you want to have a trial about it? (laughs) Which is actually a really good bird. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) It's a really good bird. It looks like they're going to shoot him and then our girl comes in and saves the day. She just, she just like shoots skulls in the shoulder. Well, she shoots somebody else first who's the one who has the gun aimed at Lee. Uh, and she has, she goes, take it from someone who died once. It's no fun. <laughs> Sounds like a line they could have ripped from Buffy. And then she also just does this thing. She's like, I can do this all day. And you're like, she could. She really could. Yeah. She Skull says something and then this. she shoots him in the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Her face is so gleeful. <laughs> she's so happy. Yes. This is what she's, she's like, been waiting for. Come after us. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I would love to shoot more people today. <laughs> And I will. Uh, oh, she's great. Poor Hera is eating just the saddest looking algae meal. I love that Athena's like, we'll get you more sugar next time. <laughs> we'll put some sugar in your sludge next time. Oh. A spoonful of sugar helps the She's eating it. Good kid. Yes. Slash good child actor. Yes. I bet it's something delicious. If it's like vanilla pudding, dyed green. I what she green. looks like now. She's very cute. Well, that would be fun to look up. I can look it up right now. Uh, she's very cute. She's super cute. Um, they are smart to not give her a lot to do. But Later, does, her only line is, ouch. And it's so cute. Yeah. Ouch. It's a very oh. little E.T. kind of a moment. Yeah. Uh, Alexandra Thomas plays her in the fourth season. I've got an Instagram account. Ooh. I don't know if that's her. She, I don't think she acted again. She's only known for Battlestar. Did you find her on IMDb? Yeah. There's a plus size model called Alexandra Thomas, but she looks not like a little girl. 
but that's a random uh, rabbit hole like to go down. I'm finding some spoilery stuff, and you should be careful. Okay, I'm not gonna. Yeah. So there's rebel in the hallway. Rebel, 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 rebel. rebel, rebel. Some guys break into our lovely little fam, like perfect little family moment, and it's this fucking douche from Pegasus holding a grudge. Sweet toaster wife. So disgusting. I'm saving myself. Ugh. Ugh. For rape. That's what he's doing. I hate him. Saving yourself for rape. Hilo gets punched out. They all get taken. It's really scary. Ouch. It's 9.05 a.m. And Starbuck and Apollo are running around figuring out their plan. They are two people not to frack with. Nope. And also all of this shooting people, killing people revolution is total foreplay for Starbuck who just gives him like the biggest smooch. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing? (laughs) She's like, doesn't this turn you on? Right. And I'm like, Kaylin, get in there. Oh, I'm so ready. I'm here for whatever (laughs) you need, girl. Mm. Like she's a semper fracking fi, which I enjoy. Nice. Yeah. There's good weird little lines in these episodes. All right. Hoshi, such a smart boy, Gita. Why would you ever leave him? Mm. Uh, is like, hey, a weird thing about how there's a huge fire on board the ship is that all of our gas ratings are normal. <laughs> <laughs> and Ty, just in case the audience is stupid, is like. If there was a fire, our gas readings would be not normal. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out to me. (laughs) Uh, Gata is still trying. He's like, oh, well, the, you know, communications are down, which means the sensors are probably down. Mm. It's just we can't trust anything or anyone. (laughs) And Adama sends Jaffe to go check on the situation. And that is, I feel like, the first glitch in Gata's plan Mm. like he can't stop it from happening and he kind of doesn't know where it's going to go from here you can see it in his face Mm. Mm -hmm. they throw everyone that they've captured in the brig Cabra 6 is in there now wearing the same jumpsuit that she's been wearing with a baggy shirt over the top and high heels with the highest stilettos (laughs) good lord get that woman some flats just take off your shoes (laughs) or that You'll be better off. <laughs> got some Jurassic World shit going on here. Just running around in stilettos. I was just talking about the other that the other day. I did. I I don't know if I've spoken about this to either you or the podcast before about how I went on a date with a guy and we saw Jurassic World. And when it finished, I started to like talk about the development of the female character and the representations of people of color. And then he was like. <laughs> Oh, it's just Jurassic World. I don't think you're supposed to think about it so much. And I was like, we are not going on a further date. <laughs> Wise choice. We clearly are not going to have a fun time together if mm-hmm. you cannot engage in this analysis. It's literally all we do. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite hobbies. <laughs> I was talking about it because I had occasion to sit down and watch some of the original Jurassic Park, which Ooh, it's m- been a is fucking so good. We just couldn't stop talking about how much that movie holds up. But I was just, I'm every time I watch it, I'm so 
wonderfully impressed at how normal Laura Dern dresses for the occasion. Oh, Laura Dern is amazing. She's so good in it. She's so strong. She doesn't take any shit and mm. she's dressed like she's on fucking safari because that's basically that's what she's are. doing. Yes, because that's how she's you dress. Elbow deep in dinosaur poop and she's my fucking favorite. But this is what we talked about when we watched the um, Afterlife pilot. Ooh, yeah, I finished that BT dubs. Oh, is it good? Does it get better? No. Okay. My old roommate really liked it. Um, but I don't know if we always have the same taste. I, I feel like if I'm going to talk about it now, it's going to take too long. Just But also, I haven't seen it. So. Yeah, so you should watch it, and then maybe we can do a special episode on it. But you're telling me it's it. not good. <laughs> I still watched it for Katie, yeah. because I love her. Yeah. I think, like, a couple. A couple of the cast members are good. Uh, I mean, as an Australian non-binary, I I really like that actor. Is really great. Um, uh, we, I just like the thing that I think we both talked about. This is they're like, oh, we wear casual clothes in space now, and it's like you are all very glamorous. They're so made up. It looks ridiculous, including Katie Sackhoff. Yes, like one thing I love about Battle every Star woman has a full face of makeup on this spaceship where they're like constantly fighting for their lives. I don't even wear makeup now. No, and I'm in New York City and <laughs> I walk around with no makeup on <laughs> all the time. All the time. <laughs> I, I saw my family for brunch the other day and I put on the tiniest amount of mascara and that is the most that I ever do these days. Yeah. I, I mean, I wear makeup, don't get me wrong, but like I don't feel a need to wear makeup most of the time. Like, Especially I when you wake face. up in space to do space stuff. <laughs> it's like there are like 20, like they're not going to judge you. Just Actually, they're all fracking each other on that show though. So Okay. Well, thanks. A lot. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't will... tell you who. Okay. All right. Oh, we we're still in the brig, and Six is still wearing stilettos, and that's what got where, us here. Got us on that okay. whole tangent. She is having this moment where she's kind of making it all about her and like her little toasty in the oven, toasty toaster oven, toasty in the toaster. Mm. I don't know. Um, it is in a toaster technically. Mm. She's just like, oh, they don't want Cylons to breed and continue the species or the race because that's what they always say. Uh, so that's why this is all happening. It's like, I think this is about more than your Cylon baby that I would wager not that many people know about. Also, can we just talk for a second about how for like, and maybe this is just showing like what dire straits they're in, how Athena literally killed Natalie because she touched her child. And this whole episode six is carrying She's Hera. All over Hera. All over Hera. All over that baby. Because Athena is carrying, but they're all on the same team now. I know, but still, it's wild to me. It is no, it's it's interesting. Killed uh, Natalie, one of our favorite sixes. She was a good six, very good six. Mm -hmm. So Athena's like, they're not going to kill us yet. They need us alive for bargaining. And Sam's like, well, I hope they're not going to look to me for answers because I'm (laughs) one of the final five because I don't have them. Ty's like, he's just going to take. Oh, that's later. Ty's not even in the brig yet. But yes, Uh, but Athena's like, maybe don't lead with the final five are useless. (laughs) (laughs) You want you want to be kept alive right now. Uh, There's chaos in the hallways. There's just like randos shooting at randos. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lee and Starbuck are making their way through it all. And Jaffe comes back to the CIC and it's like the the sensors are jerry-rigged and that's when Gaeta knows. Mm. There's no escaping it now. He mm-hmm. has to act and he calls his Marines in 
And some of them just start firing at anyone or at everyone. They kill poor Jaffe. R.I.P. Jaffe. Jaffe's not going to bring you coffee anymore. Dahmer is very sad about it. He this. is really sad about it. This reminds me of, have you seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? It's been a minute, but yes. This reminds me, he's like, you punch the highlights out of her hair. <laughs> it's just like, so that moment, he's like, you killed this sweet boy. <laughs> That's a good line. It is a great line. Gator leaves Adamo of command and it's like, oh, your affection for your like Cylon BFF has clouded your judgment. And I, man, Edward James almost must have gotten the script and just been like, yes, because <laughs> he is like the growliest Papa Bear in this episode. And I love him so much. He is. It's like, no, this, there will be no amnesty. There will be no forgiveness. <laughs> but the line before that, that I love is Ty going, you son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly like that. It's like the tiniest line ever. Oh, the two of them just have. They have the best fun in these two episodes. Yes. They are excellent. They They're, are the joint uh, Big Dick Awards, which we haven't done for a while. Big Dick, ooh. Big Dick Energy Awards. Man, there's a lot of contenders in these episodes. I we might have things to think about. Ty and Adama win, though. I, I'm i going to challenge you. Oh, wait, because second episode. Okay, they win the first episode. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay. Second episode. It's Rosalind. Yeah. Because she's great. Listen, if we were ever going to figure out how to play a soundbite on this show, <laughs> I think now is the time. We can try. All right. I think Starbuck has a new tattoo. She has like some words on her arm that I couldn't see. Yeah, like, maybe that's just near Katie her Sackhoff's elbow. tattoos. That she but I think not. Katie Sackhoff has a new tattoo. It's more <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that tattoo artist from Battlestar Galactica keeping busy. Right? Oh my God. If I was in an apocalypse, I'd get tattoos everywhere. Yeah, I guess. Just why not? Like you're probably especially die. in a Battlestar Galactica space apocalypse where you actually have very little to do, <laughs> like and money sort oh, of is meaningless. Have another tattoo, thank yeah, you. Yeah, like I'll trade some algae for a tattoo. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> uh, Starbuck and Apollo, they're looking for Adama. They get to his quarters, but who do they find? Rosalyn in her doomsday best. She's great. I love she, that her wig is on. She's it, it's ready. like stunning. Somehow it's better than all the wigs have been before. <laughs> and she's got like a black V-neck three-quarter sleeve jumpsuit She looks thing. amazing. Or maybe it's a jacket and pants. I don't know. It's good. It's good. Her it's boobs good. look great. I think we both commented on the boobs. They really, they made everyone look real nice in this episode and I'm appreciative. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, you got to have good boobs in, a, in an apocalypse. You, it's important. Or in a mutiny, I am rather. I suppose. Yeah. Listen, you just got to be ready to like. boo boot me? Nope. Didn't work. Not so much. A boop -ini? Nope. It's sounding cuter by the minute. <laughs> it's in a boop -ini. <laughs> A mutant a booby. <laughs> You're not even drunk. <laughs> I haven't even been drinking. I like tasted the beer. That's it. I'm just uh, oh god, sorry. Delirious. They life. uh they get Ro they get Rosalind up to speed, and sh she has like one of those classic, like action movie tropes where it's just like, oh, you picked the wrong day to retire. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is one of the <laughs> right. <laughs> 
but also like she is all but formally abdicated the presidency should they not have come up with a better plan because they were like lee can be president jk he can't because she came back and she's like i don't want to be the president but also zarek can't be the president but also lee can't be the president so it's they just, just should have had some sort of plan in place for this kind of situation. The IRL wife. Um, have you seen, is it, is it on the Simpsons? You know, the inanimate carbon rod episodes. And it's like, he was one day away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> just made me think of that. <laughs> and when Homer saves oh, him in space and then that. the inanimate carbon rod gets a parade and Homer doesn't. Oh, the Simpsons used man, to be good ones. Man, I really do for a Simpsons rewatch. We could do some tonight, maybe. Oh, that would be fun. But also, we should watch some Battlestar. Oh, games. yeah. I'm really excited about the next to episode. Watch the next one? Yeah. Mm. All right. So, she, though, she's so ready to go and save Bill. She so is. That's like, she was ready to let go of all the responsibility of the presidency and all of everything, but she never thought that her retirement would put her greatest love in jeopardy no now she's got to go save him she does mm-hmm. it's nine thirty-four. gata happened. are you ready for this gata is hbic in the cic <laughs> but what does hgic stand for hbic head bitch in charge oh i didn't know that head bitch in charge of the whatever cic stands for <laughs> <laughs> We're really good experts. Yes. Especially me. Yes. <laughs> Please tell us what CIC stands for. Con- control. Control. Information. Quarters. No, that's a... Co- <laughs> Communication in combat. Combat information... Center. Center? <laughs> Communications information center? That might be it. Okay. <laughs> I love it's never come up. We're just like, yeah, CIC, whatever. <laughs> Checks out. Makes sense. Sounds spacey. So the CIC. The HBIC of the CIC. No, that's it. That was that's all that's happening and that's the scene. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that Gator really believes he's doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely and this is a thing does. We can talk about this whole thing of like this is very interesting to me as someone who studied terrorism. It is often the case that people who are terrorists think that they are right and that they are doing something that is going to be looked at history like it was like the savior of the yeah, world. Yeah, of course. Like people are not blowing shit up because they think, you know, or going on mass gun rampages and leaving out manifestos because they think that they're on the wrong side of history. And if you look at history, like a lot of positive change was made through violence. Uh, unfortunately, that's just sort of how things have gone. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what you can like how comprehensive the term positive is but yes no but i mean like uh violence is often used to change things like protests and violence and these kind of things unfortunately and if you're talking about for example like the anti-colonial movements throughout africa uh that's very legitimate reason for terrorism like terrorism is just violence without power 
And I mean, we use wars to try and fix things all the time. And like, that that's okay because it's legitimate, air quotes, legitimate violence if it's between two states. And this is a really interesting thing with Israel and Palestine because Palestine, I mean, is not recognized as a country still. I think it has more recognition than it did. Israel is recognized as a country because it was created by Western powers The in its modern day form so one is considered legitimate violence exactly. and one is considered why, terrorism exactly and so pal- anything palestine does is considered terrorism but anything israel does is considered legitimate force yeah that's uh, against terrorist organizations and so i think that that's a really interesting thing i know we don't really do the theme section anymore because it started to get a bit repetitive but i think that this kind of exploration of gator and zarek next to each other as well um and i mean zarek is obviously more on the power hungry side but i think and more reckless yes less interested in doing things by the book well i mean i think that he just understands what it takes and that's sort of what has been done i mean people kill the comedians they kill the artists they kill the educated people they often do this if they want to like destroy uh, regime and I think that he just has a better un- he's more eyes wide open about what's going on yeah no I think whereas if- Gator's ideal ideologically like you know he thinks that he's doing the right thing but I don't think that he fully understands what that means no I think if they had if Zarek had been in charge of everything from the beginning they would have succeeded but I think Gator would never have been able to live with the guilt of what they had done no I don't think they got he- in they got in bed with each other metaphorically speaking I guess too soon hmm. they needed they should have yeah know, no they, they didn't more. work out a lot of their long-term relationship goals i mean it's just like you know you've got to you've got to ease in you've got to go out you've got to go to a strip club together i'm just talking about starting a podcast now oh same thing um but yeah anyway so i think this is a really interesting exploration of like the ideology behind terrorism I think this is happening a lot right now in this country, um, a lot of right-wing extremism. And there's um, also, I think they do a really good job in this episode of showing you how people get kind of roped into either side and mm-hmm. people who aren't necessarily like zealous believers end up fighting against Adama, even though it's not necessarily something they set out to do and how easy it is to get swept up in a movement like that. It's so easy. And this is where this whole foreign fighters returning thing is really interesting um, it's something that I feel really strongly about. So, um, I mean, if you're not familiar, it's like people who go off to join ISIS uh, or help ISIS trying to return to their countries when they've reformed. Uh, and obviously countries are dubious of that. I mean, most it's, it's a, it's a fair enough kind of hesitation, but at the end of the day, the people who are most likely to deter others from going over are the people who've sort of been through a journey like you know, these guys, um, like what's his face who comes around at the end? What, what's his name again? Kelly. Oh, yeah, Kelly. Like he would be the perfect advocate against terrorism because he kind of went in because he thought he was doing the right thing and then really saw firsthand exactly what that meant uh, and exactly what he was fighting for and who he was fighting with and sort of turned around. And I think those are the big advocates we need. If um, people the will like, give them that voice if yeah, people will allow them to ban speak. them from the country that they are from right uh but yeah anyway so like a lot of people i mean there are legitimate reasons why someone would want to go who was from a middle eastern background would 
be roped into going to join ISIS. Like there's a lot of stuff that the West does in the Middle East to interfere. That's stuff that seems completely legitimate to people to go there. Is it the right thing to do? Absolutely not. But I can understand the journey people take to get there. And I think this episode does a great job of kind of portraying the different kinds of people who are involved in a terrorist organization. They do. And I think it's, it's extremely smart because they focus on so many people that we've known through all four seasons of the show and what side of this kind of argument that they fall in is people we would never necessarily expect to yeah, get absolutely. wrapped up in this people like racetrack yeah who we have loved for four years it it was smart of them to not just make it gator's revolution with a bunch of red shirts yeah yeah absolutely absolutely because you know i don't know and who knows uh, a really good podcast is i know you like behind the bastards uh, a really good podcast to listen to is called It Could Happen Here, which is by the same host, mm. uh, Robert Evans. And it's basically like he just goes into the ways that America could descend into civil war. And it's so like this because he's worked in a lot of war-torn countries and it's so easy to get there, actually. And it's a lot of good intentions often. Like people don't think they're being an asshole most of the time. I mean, some people, but like not most of the time people think that they're doing the right thing. And, you know, the way that they talk about it is like being on the right side of history. I just think it's it's really well done. Yeah, I will definitely give that a listen. Yeah, it's pretty depressing. Uh, Sounds so. like right up <laughs> I my think alley. A few like episodes in, he's like, yes. Yeah, so a lot of you are like messaging me being really sad. So I just thought I'd do it. A good episode on the good things that could happen. <laughs> Uh, it's a very a series. more unrealistic episode <laughs> here's <laughs> how we could find utopia yeah here's the good things that are going on in the world uh mm. but it is good and it, it's not i what i like about him is he's sort of like a gun carrying liberal he's very like he's very balanced like he's from i don't remember where he's from but i think he might be from the south or like the midwest or something so he's kind of from like not the main cities but and has lived in all these other countries and so he has a really interesting perspective that is like he's obviously liberal but like he's quite unbiased i feel like he i feel like him i'm not a gun carrying liberal but i feel like the way that i look at politics is similar and so i appreciate it it's like not kind of like oh but the liberals are always right it's like no they're not they can easily be the wrong people um so i think that anyway worth a listen you should go listen to it if you like this stuff and also yeah i just really love this depiction of of kind of how terrorism can happen and you know yeah these people feel powerless and this is sort of how they're trying to take back their power look we've said it before it's really it's a shame that the show isn't relevant anymore We're just analyzing this relic of a TV show relic. that has no place in modern society. Not at all. No themes <laughs> that we're experiencing currently. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You know what's fun? What's fun? Gaius Baltar being like, oh, I just I have to go. It's not safe for you if I'm here. <laughs> I have to Ronald go. D. Moore also just loves him in this moment. I he said something about it. He was just like, "Oh, Baltar, he's so good." It, I think his line is, "I have no desire to leave you, but I have to go." <laughs> and then, then he goes, "I don't want the statue. You can have the statue." That's a, that's a moment that I feel like maybe James Gallows improvised. We don't. There know. was just something you can never tell. I just you, and and I I feel like more than anyone. He does that on yep. this show. I'm He's not entirely sure, but brilliant. yeah, it's it's a it just seems like a silly little moment that he c- 
could have made up on the spot. It's mm. really good. Uh, Tyrrell is working with Gaius's flock and helping him to like get a ship off of Galactica. Tyrrell's a pretty big MVP in these two episodes. He's doing great. He's really come around. We, I take back every... No, I, this is a really sad time for me because my two fave bays are just fracking it up slash dead. And this I remember guy, somebody on Twitter... Being like, it's really It's problematic awkward. that those are your two faves. <laughs> you and you were like, what? <laughs> no, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Let me live out this glory moment. Um, it took a long time. I mean, And I, just the last episode, Gata was still our MVP. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think Gata was our MVP last episode. The webisodes. He was literally the only one. Yes. There. Yes, but I think the thing we like about Zarek is that he is bad, and I like that. Oh, so yeah. that was kind of like, I just liked him because he was a shit stirrer, and I think he's a great actor, which actually, Ronald D. Moore is like, he is the most, we, we talked about this last yeah. time, but he, he was talking about it again on this podcast. He's just, he, he was gushes. Like, he gushes a lot. He's like, what a professional, like, blah, blah, blah. So I really just like the kind of I no, like it's the, the same with terrorism. Ellen Tai. She's yeah. not a good person, but, but she's a fascinating yeah. character. And same with Eric. Yeah. With Gaeta, it's kind of hard because I just kind of like the very like undertones of his character. But and I think Alessandro Giuliani is like a really subtle actor, and it has. Made... I think it's a lot of about Alessandro Giuliani. Yes. <laughs> Just Gaeta could have been a nothing role on the show and yeah. he made it. He brought so much to it. Yeah. And I think that's why they honestly gifted him with this whole arc. It just the arc to me feels ever so slightly rushed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I do like I think that he is a little bit of an Aaron Burr in a lot of it. Like he's well, like, yeah. I just want to be in the room where it happened. And I think that generally I don't really like those characters because I'm a very like I've, I've I'm a very like this is my side. Like, I mean, in terms of, like, being on the side of good or bad or whatever, like, I would say I'm a pretty diplomatic person, but, like, I'm not a slimy person. And I think that he is a little bit, but I don't know. Is he? He's not really. He's complicated, I think he was just in love with Gaius Boltar, and that's, like, my headcanon. And that, like, but actually, to be fair, Ronald D. Moore does talk about it in the podcast. He sort of says that the relationship between uh Gaeta and Boltar is like a hero worship relationship like Gaeta met him and he's like this amazing scientist and he just like respected and adored him and I think I take it as a love affair mm -hmm. but I think that what it was supposed to be is this like very like you know Gaeta wanted to thought he was a scientist and then he met Boltar and he's like oh my god this guy is amazing and the way that Ronald D. Moore puts it in the podcast is Boltar is walking towards the light and Gaeta is walking towards the dark interesting i don't know that i would say baltar is exactly walking towards the light i guess Ish. in that he has a turnaround moment in for this episode baltar and then probably in the next episode yeah. actually for baltar for baltar which the bar is so unbelievably low it's <laughs> literally just sitting on the floor and all you have to do is not trip on it mm -hmm. <laughs> but i think like that was anyway that was ronald d moore that's what he said so um, anyway, he's the uh, expert, I hear. Uh, I I think he knows a little bit about the show, yeah, a uh, little bit. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so I just think I think that that's interesting, and I it is it's upsetting that they're both gone in one episode. And I think that had all this stuff not happened, and Gator had just died when D died, for example, I would have been pissed. But like, oh yeah, now it makes no, sense you in the did, context uh, of the story. I, I said I would stop doing the podcast. You said you would stop if it had been then, but now it's like the way they did it makes more sense, and like he got a lot of 
story and time that they I'm gave still him sad. a beautiful number one series of webisodes and number two a two episode arc and he's a bisexual icon now and that's really what i need and always who thought he was doing the right thing in his heart and didn't want to didn't want to do it by force any more than he absolutely had to yeah so i think we can continue the podcast i think we can keep gata how funny if we just finished after these two episodes i was like nope done that's it Gator's gone. I'm never going to watch it again. Just I don't like, care what happens. Just like we did with, or just like you do with um, the L word with a certain character who gets gone. Just like, nope, she's I, gone. I'm I have gone. watched past that. I couldn't watch past a certain wedding where someone left someone at the altar. Oh, yeah. That and was I just rough. I just was done. You're like, these are two of the favorite people. I just, and it was, it's post Buffy and there's just so much people leaving people at altars in TV. And I just got annoyed at the trope. It's fair. Let's continue because who do we get now? Who do we get in a space apocalypse revolution? We get a scene with Rosalind and Gaius. Yes. Thank you, writers. Yes, it's great. <laughs> she rolls up to the lair and Tyrell's like, hey, I got guys all over the ship because like, you know, I used to be the chief and I still <laughs> know people. Adamo was taken into custody. FYI. Gaius has a ship coming. So why don't you like Starbuck and Apollo go get your pops and bring him to this random area of the ship. And... Somebody asks Tyrrell why you're doing this. I think Lee does. He's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, your dad deserves a better fate than they're going to give him. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Look how the Cylons are being more human than the humans. It's an interesting turn of of events. Yes. And then we get this lovely scene with Rosalind and Bolta where she's just like, I have you come to pray. I know it's a great line. Have you come to pray? And then um, she's like, I just think that your self-preservation is like, he, she's like, I don't expect you to do the right thing. <laughs> I expect that you have just a sense of self-preservation. Expecting Gaius to be Gaius. <laughs> so uh, she's like, hey, um, give me your wireless. And he's like, oh, what wireless? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And then uh, this girl who we love, I think her name is Orla. The character's name is Orla. Maybe. Who's like, Gaius. You can't trust her. She is going to take your microphone and she is going to silence you. And I'm covered in blood for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> She's just always fiery and ridiculous. Yep. And I enjoy her a lot. She just follows him around to tell him what's what. Uh, she <laughs> sends her away and kind of confronts Rosalind about like, oh, you know, when you were so into those Pythian scrolls, whatever happened to those, what happened to finding Earth and the dying leader and all that? And she's like, maybe we're both frauds. <laughs> Let's atone. Now it's time to atone. Yeah. Give me your fracking wireless. Yeah. Yeah. While this is all happening, uh, Dama is being taken to the brig Here's along with Ty. Certainty and fearlessness in these scenes is so good. It's so he just stops and is like, "Shoot me!" Go, it's a very it. Captain Von Trapp moment in the Sound of Music at the end with Rolf, and he has oh, a gun and he's like, sure. "I knew you wouldn't do it," and then he's like. Over here, over here. And Liesl's like, no, Rolf. You've seen it. I have. A million times, I'm sure, yeah. as we all have. But I, you remember that scene? I do Rolf? now. Mm. It's not the first 
scene that came to my mind, but I understand the connection. I do. It is. But it's very much that moment with like the younger deputy guy and you're like who used to look up to you captain yeah or admiral in this case he just waits for one second of hesitation which of course the these poor little boys who have been tasked with this Mm. uh give him and then they take the boys out ty's got two guns like a badass and is just standing in the hallway like okay so something that ronald t moore says is um sexy he's like sexy adama taking back the ship it they're both adama and ty are both pretty sexy in these but moments. i just like that ronald d moore acknowledged that he i was like that too he's like sexy adama taking back the ship i appreciate that every character on the show has like their sexy moment mm. kind of yes adama Except gets it roslyn gets it tiro never gets it yeah not so much no. I don't no, not necessarily every character, but it's not an <laughs> it's not an ageist kind of a no, show where absolutely. you're like the there's a younger generation who has all the sex and the older no, generation does all Roslyn the Roslyn has sexy moments all the time. Every episode, uh, like every Mary moment McDonald? of every episode, correct? Just existing yeah. in a potato sack. Yeah, fine. <laughs> hmm. Adama and Ty are sneaking around, and they're like, "Hey, maybe we'll find some friendly faces in the brig." Because that's where they kept all the prisoners all together in one room, which seems maybe like a flaw in the plan. Potentially. Maybe. Maybe you want to not split people I think they put the Cylons together. Yeah, I think that's the only people they're really locking up is Cylons and Cylon sympathizers. Yes, indeed. So in the CIC, which stands for something... There's a lot of ships in the fleet that really want to know what the frag is happening on Galactica. <laughs> they put yep. it up on speaker for a second. Every ship is like, hey, can you please respond? We've been trying to call all morning. What is happening? Who is in charge? Uh, yeah, Adama's kind of busy right now. <laughs> can I take a message? Honestly, that sounds like something that would happen every day, but it seems <laughs> like they know something is going awry. Mm-hmm. Gate is on the phone with Zarek, who is like, oh, you didn't kill Adama. Interesting choice. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure you have your reasons. Um, It's fine. I just think that maybe that decision will lead to our inevitable demise. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rosalind comes in hot, taking over all the airwaves. She Somehow... Does. With the ability to broadcast on every single uh, frequency. Which I think that that's what Baltar was doing before. But he wasn't... Like, you could turn Baltar off. Oh, that's true. Where they're like, how do we get rid of the Roslyn noise? And they and can't figure some, it out. Oh, and I think this was like a scene that RDM was saying, like, it was supposed to show that he's got a bunch of people in the CIC who have no fracking idea what they're doing. I think it did show that. Yeah, because like, they yeah. were like, how do we do it off? And then Gata finally, doesn't Gata have a Gata. Yeah. Gata needs a Gata. No one else like is as good as the him. the only one who can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Roslyn, while she's giving this transmission looks like she's just absolutely slaying like slam poetry she does and i love her so much can you please do this as a slam poem Mm, maybe later okay okay we'll record several things at the end of the episode (laughs) you might have to participate in one of them i can't be the only poet um but you have your theater degree um i don't know if i'm qualified 
I think you've you've earned it. <laughs> you've spent enough time speaking words about this show. <laughs> Rosalind's trying to convey that an alliance with the Cylons is their only hope. And finally, Gaeta has to go back and do his old job on top of his new job and jams the transmission. Lee and Starbuck are fighting their way through the hallways. They come upon some people. Who are they? It's Adama and Ty. Both with double fist guns. Yes, which is amazing. It's super amazing. But they have a prisoner with them and Starbuck tries to shoot him. She says, we have no time for prisoners. You can't do this. And Adama lets him go. She tries to fire at him. Yeah. And he's like, Starbuck, cool your jets. Right? Chill. And she's like, I have guns and I am happy for the first time in a long time. Let me shoot people. Let Starbuck be Starbuck. Yes. That boy probably doesn't deserve to get shot. I agree. I think Adama is firmly in the right here. Although there could have been a whole plot line about that boy running back to Gaeta and being like, this is exactly where Adama is and what he's doing. I think that when someone uh, saves your life as like that, you you owe them a debt of not telling. Yeah, I think maybe that guy just goes and hides. Probably. That's what I'd do. Hopefully. I mean, I wouldn't be mutinying. And Oh, that's not true. I might be mutinying. Who knows? Who? I, I think I'd probably go more for cooperation, but who knows? Yeah. Would you, you might not even be on Galactica. You might be just one of the assholes on the other ships who are like, what's going on? And never getting an I'd answer. just be getting all my tattoos. There you go. I'd be covered. I bet one of those ships is the tattoo ship. Yeah. Right? Hmm. That's the ship I want to be on. Yeah. Rosalind and Gaius are having this conversation about like, Felix Gaeta, who'd have thunk? <laughs> Who knew he had it in him? And she's like, well, you were closer to him than yeah, anyone. Yeah, you know him best because he is canonically your lover. Yes, Galix. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yes. And then Gaius he, has this line about, oh, well, he had divided loyalties even on New Caprica. It's because he's bisexual and it's hard to choose. That's exactly <laughs> how bisexuality works. Exactly. Yep. It influences your ability to function in every other walk of life. Monogamy? No way choosing any choice no i'm indecisive does that mean i'm bisexual (laughs) it's exactly right it's how it works wow welcome to the club you learned it here (laughs) (laughs) Caius has a really good line about okay well yeah we both made bad choices about our presidential aides de camp yes it's true it's a great line (laughs) and it's so true yes look who's leading us here revolt Mm mm-hmm Apollo has this moment where he is, he's just, mm, he's not about revolution, but also he is super unconvinced about Ty and the rest of the Cylons. He's really waffling. He is not. Classic he, politician. He's like yelling at Ty while they, he's also fighting on his side. Exactly. He's like, you suck, but also let's what a work together. Man. Oh my God. He's so complicated. The faces, the faces that we made having that conversation. We did they were made faces were made. <laughs> he's just like let the great statesman talk <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect it's exactly how you should respond to apollo exactly mm-hmm. i don't know what it is about this episode specifically because james callus has always had the face that he has had but maybe it's because his hair is shorter now he has cheekbones that rival james marsters and i want to have like a james on james like cheek off James on James porno. That's where like my head is initially was like, 
Yeah, I just I gave you that. You're welcome. Oh, but do you want James they Masters would, with an American accent? They would just British like accent? they would kiss and they would cut each other with their cheekbones. That's what would be happening. Interesting. Pause for mental image. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Continue. Faltar mm-hmm. calls up the CIC ex lover. Which can they not? Is there not a system? I guess because Galactica is famously not networked. They can't tell where the call is coming from. They can't be like, oh, this, cool ID in this call Galactica. is coming from Locker A765 or whatever it is. I did wonder that as well because yeah. you're like, you're calling him to see not know where you are. Because that's exactly where all the shit's going to go down yep. very shortly. Um, Can you please, you've been so good at doing the phone calls so far. Can you please reenact this phone call? Uh, wait, are you going to be, can you be Gata though? Your notes say. Can you be Gata? I don't know. I'm going to call you and I'm Gaius and you'll be Gata. Okay. Because it's no, it's someone else picks up first. Okay, well, then it's it's like, hey, this is Gaius. Can I talk to my boyfriend Gaeta? And then they put Gaeta on the phone. Okay, what do you want, former lover? Listen, you naughty boy. <laughs> this revolution does not become you. Remember the secret that you stabbed me in the neck with a pen over? I remember. I can't believe you would bring that up at a time like this. <laughs> That's all. That I don't have anything else. And I really had to think on my feet there. But Gaeta's really, he's so done. He just hangs up. He's like, Gaius has no power over him anymore. <laughs> you have really no free. power over me. <laughs> Labyrinth. Okay. That's the moment that I wish for in ev- at the end of every relationship. I want to achieve that. <laughs> <laughs> and I so rarely do. Uh, yeah. Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> people i dated like 10 years ago i've never achieved that with yeah yeah oh love ain't it grand (laughs) it's something all right there is a raptor transporting human crew from the cylon base ship headed to galactica gata is so on to this bullshit he knows like they are not flying exactly where they're supposed to they have not checked in with us there's something really fishy tricky tricks and Mm. misdirecting Mm -hmm. i see you you're not the only one who can misdirect (laughs) mister (laughs) mister misdirect (laughs) everybody got where they were supposed to be Adama and Ty roll up to the place where the raptor is going to be picking everyone up. And Rosalind's there. And big kissy, kissy, kissy action. It's, Awkward it's children like, faces. Like frack everyone else. Kiss me. And then the children awkwardly look at each other and look away. Like mom and dad are kissing. It's Rosalind's up on a step, so she's taller than him. Which is and very she, hot. I feel like maybe she like cups his face, and mm-hmm. it's just so great. It's a great kiss. It's a great kiss, and it's not their only great kiss in these couple of episodes. Adama decides he is going to let the president escape, and he's gonna hold his ground and make sure that her raptor gets away. Even though, really, that doesn't make any sense because once they're outside of Galactica, there's what nothing else anyone can did do. Did I say when this happened? I was like, they will obviously shoot her out of the sky. Like it's a ridiculous plan. It is. Um, but I do like the stance that he takes. I he do, like, but what's he? What he's fighting against people who just like people who are not in space suits who have guns who cannot leave galactica i know it's a, look 
It was for the drama. It's very it dramatic. To and be continued. And I think it's like he kind of in the moment makes it about Rosalind, but really it's about him he's taking going his ship down back. with the ship. Yes. Or he's not. He's such a proud, proud boy. It's like that. But not like him. proud boys. Ew. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just he always he and Rosalind always have to say goodbye and it breaks my heart. Yeah. I think that's what they're doing, though, for the drama. It's how they get you. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> Gata's rebels are cutting through the door and Rosalind's taking off and Gata gives the order to destroy the target mm-hmm. and Ty won't leave Adama because they're BFFs till the end and, and Adama's like, it's been an honor. Yes. And someone throws a heckin' grenade. They do. Into that room and then it's a big old to be continued. So... Do you have counts for this? Because I think we have spent a lot of time I'm on this do episode. The counts f- at the very end of everything. Okay, but I think that right now we are going to take a break, and yeah. I think that the podcast will probably take a break. Not to leave you on a cliffhanger, but this very special double episode is also to be continued. Dun dun dun. I wanna be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. I wanna be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. I wanna be in the room where it happens.